Hey, Four Vaginas Only family, how have you guys been? I personally missed you. It's Dr. Celestine here, and welcome to a brand new episode of Four Vaginas Only. In this episode, we're going to be talking about access to birth control. Just recently, in the state that I currently live in, West Virginia, it was a bill was passed that's allowing women to get birth control directly from the pharmacy kind of without seeing a gynecologist, but we'll get a little bit more into that into the episode. And plus, I'm also going to talk about some other states that have implemented this and how it's been working. So let's get right into it. Cue the music. Hello and welcome to Four Vaginas Only, the podcast about everything female. I'm your host, Dr. Celestine, bringing you important information about understanding your health and body in the way you wish your doctor would actually explain it. Okay, so welcome to episode number 23 of Four Vaginas Only. In this episode, I'm very excited that West Virginia has recently passed a bill allowing people to access contraceptive care straight from the pharmacy without having to wait for a gynecologist gynecologist appointment. Can I even say my profession's name? A gynecologist appointment, which in my opinion is great. I know a lot of people have different opinions on it and everybody's allowed to have their own feelings. I'm never against that. But let's talk a little bit about what that law means for West Virginia, where else this law has been implemented and how it's helped or maybe not helped in other parts of the United States. Okay, So let's start off with why this is a big deal in the first place. So there's kind of two sides to it, but we'll talk about as much as I can in this limited episode. So first of all, the ease of access. I know a lot of you patients out there, I'm a patient too, you know, in some respect. It's hard to get an appointment with your doctor. It's hard sometimes if you just want to get a refill of the prescription They might not be able to see you for a few weeks when you will already be running out of your birth control. So the ease of access of having a pharmacist be able to prescribe or dispense birth control, depending on what state you're in, is beneficial in that respect. Also, in general, less than a little bit less than 50% of pregnancies in the United States are unintended pregnancies, meaning accidental or not on purpose. And a lot of those unintended pregnancies end up leading to abortions or just feelings of regret and even sometimes postpartum depression, which is its own separate entity that we'll talk about in a later podcast episode. So the thought behind having birth control be more readily available is to potentially decrease those side effects of unintended pregnancy. Okay, so in general, those are some of the positives. I think you guys, a lot of people that are patients out there on birth control, they know some of the barriers that exist um, and some of the things that have happened to them because of not being able to access birth control, which is a very real thing. Some people don't know about that because they don't see that side of the world, that side of patient care. But trust me, it definitely is. You know, and a pharmacist sometimes is just more easily accessible than a physician, which is how it is in a lot of cultures. I mean, even with my, not even cultures, in a lot of practices, even with my OBGYN, sometimes I have to wait weeks, if not months, to see them. So um, I know a lot of women under there, out there can understand that. Now, the negatives. So for me, the first thing that sprung to mind was the fact that hormonal contraceptives are dangerous, you know, um, Yeah, millions of people take them and they're completely fine. 
But there are some serious risks, although those serious risks don't happen that often, when they do happen, they're completely catastrophic, such as pulmonary embolisms or DVTs, um, early strokes, early heart attacks. These things can kill you. So just making sure that there's the proper education out there for the people prescribing this medication is definitely of the utmost importance. Also, making sure that the way that this is done does not allow you to just skip appointments with your doctor in general. You know, I've always promoted being an advocate for your health, and I've always promoted preventative medicine. And for a gynecologist especially, which is really the only thing I truly have a full, well-versed background in, you need to see your gynecologist annually, even if you feel fine. Things can happen. We can see things that you don't always see. So even though pap smears, yes, have now gone to every three years or every five years, it's still important to see your gynecologist annually. And sometimes if you're not doing that because you're only really seeing them for birth control, there are things that can be missed because we do a lot of other screening and we can notice a lot of other things that you might not notice. So that's one negative. Um, also, it increases the pharmacist's duties. I mean, I have friends who are pharmacists. And to be honest, I've talked to them about how they feel about this. And what they've come back and told me is that they are like almost chickens with their heads cut off back there in the pharmacy. They are busy, busy, busy. And sometimes they have understaffing that lead to not being able to sit down and have a conversation with you about your health and go through a consultation before being able to prescribe a birth control pill or dispense a birth control pill directly through the pharmacy um, basis only. So it increases their workload as well. And I'm afraid that maybe some things might slip through the cracks or not be as good, I guess is the right word, as good as they could be um, with you know, pharmacists that are already overworked as it is. So those are just a couple of pluses and minuses. There are a lot more out there, and I'll probably mention some more as we go along in this podcast episode. But yes, I'm a proponent for access to birth control. Um, but, you know, we have to do it in a smart way is basically what's on my mind. So continuing on in that conversation, yay, I am very excited that birth control is going to be accessible to more people with less missing pills, less missing your birth control because you can't see the doctor, getting pregnant with, you know, unintentionally and the side effects that go with that. That is fantastic. And it's not the first time this has happened. In West Virginia, it's just happened recently. I think it was just implemented probably within the last week, but the bill had passed uh, a couple months ago. And a lot of other states have done it as well, such as California, New Mexico. Oregon was actually the first state, I believe, to do something similar to this a few years ago. Um, Colorado, Hawaii, Tennessee, Washington State. These are all places where this type of thing has gone into effect for many years before West Virginia's new or more recent law. So I think it's, you know, it's spreading. It's becoming more worldwide. And overall, that's a good thing if it's done smartly. Okay, now what can be given out and what cannot and what are the real rules behind it? So there are about 10 or 11 states that do this. I mentioned a few just a moment ago. But each state has its own individual laws of what it's actually able to dispense or even for the pharmacist to prescribe on their own, um, what age you have to be, and so on and so forth. So I recommend 
that you look into what your state actually does because really none of the states are truly the same in their rules and regulations. If you live in California, Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, or Washington, there's actually a website called birthcontrolpharmacies.com that shows you a map. And if you put in your zip code, it'll tell you exactly what pharmacies are able to prescribe birth control for you. So not every pharmacy can do that. Segue. <laughs> yes, it might be allowed in your state, but a pharmacist can, or a pharmacy in general, can choose whether or not they want to do it. And if they do decide to do it, then they have to go through some training in order to be able to do that for you. And also, not all pharmacies can prescribe it. In some states, the pharmacist cannot actually prescribe it for you. You still have to get the prescription from your doctor, but then they can dispense it for within whatever time frame the state decides they can dispense it from the time that you've gotten that initial prescription, regardless of how many refills that initial prescription allows you to have, if that makes sense. And the reason for this is not only because of the dangers of certain birth controls. Um, a lot of these states have kind of fallen under the category of self-administered birth control. So they're only allowed to give you birth control that you can administer yourself. But some are also allowed to um, inject Depo-Provera as well, which is the birth control injection that's used every three months. If you have any questions or any, you know, wanting to know any more about birth control, all the different types of birth control, how they're administered, their benefits, their um, negative sides, their adverse reactions. I do have an entire podcast on birth control that you can go back to, whether you want to look in iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. So anyway, continuing. Not many pharmacies do it. For example, about one in every 10 pharmacies in California actually do this. And in California specifically, they can actually, the pharmacist can prescribe you birth control. The same goes for Oregon. The same actually goes for Hawaii. So depending on your state, you might be able to get the birth control from your pharmacist or from your doctor. The reason why not many pharmacies are doing it is because a few things. One, it costs to train the pharmacist, and sometimes they don't have the money for that. It also costs to do the counseling occasionally. So, for example, there is a pharmacy in California that charges $45 for the consult where they go through the questionnaire that you need to have done um, and a few other things before they're even allowed to prescribe you birth control. So it's not always completely free or cheaper to do it that way, depending on if you have insurance or not. But I'm glad that it is an option that's still out there as long as it's done safely. Now, in terms of the different states and their different laws, so I live in West Virginia, so we'll go through that in a little bit more detail for anybody that's listening from out here. But to just kind of broaden my scope to around the country, for example, in California, they can actually prescribe the birth control for you without having a doctor do the prescription. There's no age limit for this, and they're allowed to give you the pill, the patch, or the ring, which is most commonly known as the NuvaRing, in addition to the Depo-Provera injection every three months. In New Mexico, if you're under 18, you need a parent's consent, but over 18, you can get the pill, the patch, or the ring. Um, same goes for Oregon, over 18, pill, the patch, um, or you can get Depo-Provera. And in Colorado, over 18, you can get the pill or the patch. So you really need to look into your own individual state because no matter what I say on this podcast today, you know, depending on what pharmacy you're going to and depending on where you live, things are going to be a little bit different for each of you. Now, what's been set up in most of the other states that have been doing this for years is you still need to have a consultation 
and screening done. So for instance, there is a screening form that I was able to pull up from one of the states that they have to go through a whole bunch of questions, including a health history, a pregnancy screen. They'll ask you, have you recently been pregnant? Have you recently had a miscarriage or abortion? They want to know the first day of your last period, how long it's been since you've had a period or your last time that you had sex, especially unprotected sex. They want to know what medications you're on because certain medications interfere with birth control. Either the birth control kind of inactivates the medication you're on or vice versa. And they'll have to do a blood pressure check because if you have high blood pressure in certain ages and with certain other problems that you may have in conjunction with the high blood pressure, it may not be safe to put you on a certain type of birth control. So they'll be doing that as well. So it's not just kind of like you go in and come out and get your birth control. There are still some precautions in place in other states. For West Virginia in particular, it's relatively new. So they're still, I believe, working on their health questionnaire and it hasn't gone statewide to all the pharmacies just as yet. All right. So I can't get into all of the 10 or 11 states that this has gone into effect with, but let's talk about West Virginia in particular so you can get a kind of idea of what most states are doing in order for you to get this birth control by a pharmacist. So for West Virginia rules, you need to be 18 or older in order to do this. But for West Virginia, the pharmacist is actually not able to prescribe you the birth control, which is common in other states as well. You actually need a standing prescription order from your doctor initially without any other prescriptions on file for a birth control. So there can't be any other conflicting prescriptions. It has to be a self-administered contraceptive. That's what they call it because it's something that you can do yourself, such as taking the pill every day, putting on the patch weekly, or using the NuvaRing monthly. So those are the three that are allowed um, to be dispensed from the pharmacy in West Virginia. Like I mentioned before, different states have different rules, different birth controls that they are able to give you. The self-assessment still needs to happen. And in West Virginia, they're still waiting for state approval on this self-assessment. It has to be kind of approved by, I don't know, whatever medical society plus the government plus the pharmacy society in order to deem it necessary or good enough in order to make sure that we're not missing a medical problem that can be very dangerous for you taking the birth control pill or patch or a ring, et cetera. Now, even as a doctor, you know, it's not easy to catch everything 100%. And even if you have no risk factors, things can still happen on birth control. So nothing is ever going to be 100%, but they're going to try to make it as good as they possibly can. They're, you're going to have to receive either written and or oral education because even though you're allowed to get the self-administered pill patch or ring, there are sometimes better birth controls out there for you or for your particular situation, such as the IUDs um, or the Nexplanon that goes in your arm for three years, things like that that they're not able to give you and you actually need from your doctor. Also, they talk about the importance of doctor visits because in general, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think doctor visits are also very important. Maybe not every three months or six months for birth control, but at least every single year. Um, And in West Virginia, they're only able to dispense 12 months of the particular birth control from the initial prescription that you got from your doctor. Now, I think that this is good, but also strange, at least the way that I practice, because 
Usually what I do personally is if I'm starting you on a brand new birth control, I will give you a prescription enough for three months. I will have you come back to the office, follow up, see how you've been doing on that birth control, see if you want to stay on it or if you want to change to something else. And if you want to stay on it, then I will give you a prescription for a full year. So it's not like you really need the pharmacy to kind of extend my prescription per se, unless you go for that visit and you never come back after the for the three-month follow-up, which I guess would make sense in this case. So I'm not sure if I'm a true fan of that, and I don't really know what would make it better or worse. I mean, some states are allowed to dispense it for three years from the initial prescription, um, or they can create the prescription on their own. I kind of, I need to look into that a little bit further. If you live in any other state that's doing this and you want to let me know a little bit more about how it's been working or not working in your state, please feel free to message me at drc at fvonly.com. You can send me a direct message on Instagram at four vaginas only as well. Because I'm just curious as to how this works in other states and what you think are the pluses and minuses of the exact time frame. And you know, I think this is a perfect place to mention that this is mainly newer for the United States, but there are many countries all over the world that have had over-the-counter birth control availability for a long time. South America, it's readily available. Many areas of Africa, of Asia, a couple areas in Europe, you know, this has been available in a long time overseas, according to us U.S. folk overseas. Um, So I know I have a lot of listeners from overseas as well. So if you have any inclination of wanting to tell me about how it's going on in your country and what you think the pluses and minuses are, please feel free to message me as well. I would love to hear about it. So like I said, West Virginia is 12 months. Other states I've seen three years. I can personally see a lot of pluses and minuses on both sides, but that's always been my flaw. I can kind of see the pluses and minuses of everything, which kind of leaves me in the middle sometimes. But yeah, So that is what is going on in West Virginia and what's been kind of going on around the country. West Virginia is a 10th state to actually implement this law. But like I said, every state implements it just a little bit differently. So look at your laws in your state wherever you live. And especially if you live in California, Colorado, Hawaii, or Oregon, or Washington State, birthcontrolpharmacies.com will let you know what pharmacies actually participate in this in your state. I haven't found anything yet for the other states that are involved in this, but I will keep looking and I will let you guys know on Instagram if I do find anything else for the other states as well. So that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I I love doing little episodes on new things that have kind of come up across the country that not everyone might know about. And please message me. Let me know what's going on in your state. Let me know what's going on with your healthcare, especially with birth control on this particular podcast episode, because I'm very curious as to what's going on in places where I don't live or where I don't know people. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Four Vaginas Only. A little bit of an update on birth control, where you now have access to it in terms of whether you can get it directly from the pharmacy or not. I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out with the rest of the country over time. I really think this is a push in the right direction. I'm all about access to care and being in charge of your own health care as long as everybody's open, honest, well-trained, and we try to minimize the risk as much as possible. So thank you so much for listening. Catch me at... Four Vaginas Only on Instagram and also on Facebook. Also, you can message me at drc at fvonly.com. And I love you guys for listening. And I will talk to you soon on the next episode. Bye-bye. 